Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 17, But How Does It Alignment? This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lanternnoir. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern. Uh, I am Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir, um, and I stream Dungeons and Dragons as the DM mostly, but I wouldn't mind being a player if anyone's willing to take me on. Just going to put that thought out there. Um, and with me is my amazing uh, co-host... Greybeard of Greybeard's Tavern, and I'm just going to say, may the 4th be with you, even though the real Star Wars day is the 25th. I'm just saying. And as a good Catholic, and Mm. also with you. Ah. (laughs) Hey, uh, uh, Togi Pie, welcome aboard. Glad to have you here. Um, It's always great to have a live audience with us when we play our podcast together. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, I'll comment quickly here at the beginning that we record these episodes every Tuesday at the beginning of Happy Hour, a.k.a. 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, on twitch.tv slash lanternnewar. And um, then we post them over uh, for the weekends for your podcasting enjoyment. Um, speaking of weekends and enjoyments, uh, Gabriel, do you want to lead us off on, on your week in gaming? Sure. Um, so this week was interesting because we had Monster Noir, which IDM. Uh, a game that we wrote at one in the morning because we were going to play it the next day. And it was supposed to be a one shot. We've been playing it for two plus years. Um, (laughs) It's uh, it's that kind of thing. And it may be coming up in a weekly rotation over on indoor adventures. Um, But we did that on Wednesday. Uh, And then uh, Thursday we had uh, uh, DM getting over the, the aftershock of his second uh fauci ouchie so uh so we didn't play on thursday um but uh saturday night we got back to my grognard space game they had a great time trying to figure out how not to get uh eaten by space mines uh there's a minefield around this ship they wanted and there's uh there's a ghost there's a ghost from the he he's from the ship. He's the captain of the ship that's surrounded by mines, you know. Um, and he's now part of the crew. And it's great because there's a mystic on board, like a Jedi type character who doesn't believe in ghosts. And <laughs> and so he thinks that it's been uh, he's the victim of like a transporter accident or something else. So the priest, the mystic, is 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 trying to figure out about the ghost. The rest of the crew all accepts it's a ghost. It's a cheesehead ghost that that's, you know, uh, anyway. Uh, so that's Thursday, Sunday. We had a great time playing, you know, uh, Grifflands. Uh, I hate, hate the character I'm playing. I hate him so bad. Not because of his mechanics, not because of the way he plays, because uh, the, the mechanics of them are really intricate and really great. It's like the third character you play. So it's kind of fun. Um, but uh, but he is just, he is a jerk face there. Also, that's, as, that's as nice as I can be, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, he's such a jerk. He's such a jerk. 
I hate him so bad. I hope his story arc is that he becomes a better person. Because, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, and then me and the house elf, we played our Sunday night game, um, which was a lot of fun. Oh, and then I guest starred over on uh, Indoor Adventures at Sunday night, starting at 10 p.m. for us. It was a very late Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, over on Indoor Adventures, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Oh. I'm, play, I'm playing uh, a, a halfling named Westloy uh, Bramble Book or Bubble Brook. Bubble Brook, I think. And uh, he's got a secret, which I'll tell you guys. He's he's actually he's actually the Dread Pirate Westloy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he he's a horrible horrible pirate he's a halfling and he's a murderous scumbag and and <laughs> and they don't know that yet so hopefully none of them listen to this podcast but hopefully all of them listen to this podcast because it's going to be revealed next session so i, I don't feel like i'm spoiling too much so you're not keeping uh, him too in the dark yeah and then i'm back here on tuesday so. that makes for a good i was watching for you for wednesday because uh, Wednesday night we had our Candlekeep game, and yeah. I discovered one of the worst parts about becoming old and married at the same time mm. is that your flirt game takes mm. a significant hit <laughs> as you grow old with a partner you love dearly. Because um, I had the bright <laughs> idea that my Candlekeep game, I was going to... There's, th there's two characters that are kind of starting a little bit of a romance, mm -hmm. and I figured I'm going to throw a wedge in there. Mm. I'm going to mm -hmm. force a little bit of an issue. I'm going to throw in a potential paramour for one yeah. of the two. And, oh, my gosh, am I bad at flirting. <laughs> um, and the thing is, I could, I could, I'm the DM. I, I There's nothing stopping me from the DM going, okay, I'm going to throw a persuasion die down. Give me a save. Yeah. And, and just, bleh, and I didn't. I withheld from that mm -hmm. because I thought, you know what? I can role play this, and if I can't role play this, it's just the way it's going to go. And we got to, I'm like, well, okay. So there's no romance subplot for this campaign anytime <laughs> soon. Um, and I've got some ideas, um, which I'll tell you how they go next week. Um, or if you're listening to the podcast, go back and watch the VOD from Wednesday night's game, um, and you can see how it went um, hmm. to see if I can at least salvage him as a human being. Right. He's, he's right, definitely right. not a love interest anymore. Now I just wanted to not come <laughs> off as a complete douche canoe. Um, but, and that, see, this is what happens when you say, I'm going to run a printed adventure. And you look at the printed adventure and go, wow, this is really stupid thin through here. I mm. need to flesh this out with some stuff. And it's so crazy. Because I, I watched another group running this adventure mm. in Candlekeep, and they were going a completely different direction. Oh, wow. With the setup mm. for it. So it's kind of cool, kind of off. Um, and then we did some late gaming. I did some prepping for my, I've, I moved Ravenloft from my paper to the digital world. So my oh. five hour, I can run the original I six mm -hmm. in a six hour session with you is now yeah, ready yeah. to go. Um, nice. at, at the drop of a hat, I can say, you know what I want to do today? I'm going to find myself some players. I'm going to run Ravenloft. Boom. It's all six there. Hours. Yep. Mm. The whole, whole, the, the original published adventure, at least the mm. major story beats. Yeah. Um, because even the original AD&D adventure could take five or six sessions of, okay, now you enter into another room in the castle. It's 30 by 30. It has these features. <laughs> right. Um, and they're not always interesting. I mean, they're, but the thing is, not to riff too much on this, they're all stupid logical. 
<laughs> every single room in that castle is there on purpose. It makes sense that there are secret doors because those are servants' hallways. Mm -hmm. And yep. it makes sense because when you built manors back in the day, you wanted your servants to come and go without anyone noticing them. Right. So there were secret passages through these old buildings that the 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 those below the stairs would mm -hmm. use to travel. Um, and then Sunday we finished um, as best we could the Isle of the Abbey, which mm. was part of the Ghosts of Saltmarsh adventures. Um, yeah, yeah, you were doing that. We had yeah, we had two players that were out for personal, and the other two had just moved. And I, I got a a text from one of them the morning of the game, the Sunday morning. I'm like, how you doing? And then he sent me a picture from something like, oh, dude, I'm so glad you're not trying to play tonight. You look dead. Take the night off, man. And he came yeah. by and then we're off next week for Mother's Day. We all kind of agree oh. we're going to take the Sunday night off for Mother's Day. Um, so it's going to be another week before that group gets back together again, which has me so like a little bit on the sad side because I've been so ready to go with them. Yeah. But like all good things, they, they come to ends. Even our Wednesday night game is now on a countdown because one of our four players is moving overseas. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, she's off to Sweden <coughs> for a new job. Seven hours difference. Six, six hours the wrong direction. Because she said, right. oh, don't worry, I'll be working from home. I can get off early um, to come do stuff. And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> that's great, except that the time zones go the other way. So <laughs> like if we start at four in the afternoon, you're starting at 10 p.m. I'm more worried. Are you okay staying up? crazy late yes that's our uh in our uh we have a scotland a person from scotland in our monster noir game and it's literally three four in the morning you know for them by the time we're by the time we're ending session almost 5 a.m when by the time we get our after show done you know mm -hmm. yeah, it's just crazy but uh so cool well that's our weekend gaming um if you're a video gamer I will bring up one more time, though, that second Extinction game that just came out on Game Pass. Um, we were talking before the show that that is a combination of Apex Legends. You don't get to build your own character, but they've got classes. Um, what else did I say? Left for Dead, because it's constant hordes of oh. Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Uh, okay, cool. I was wondering, I was wondering if there was a zombie thing or if it was just a don't stand around. The Velociraptors are coming. There's you know, just there's... waves of dinosaurs stinking everywhere. Nice. Um, and they're they're good fights. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to what they do with that game over the time. And then the best thing they're doing, mm. this is this is a, a pointed dig at Rare and what they did with <laughs> Sea of Thieves. Yeah. They have drops for streamers. Yeah. And you do not have to be um, a big time streamer to enable drops on your stream. See if thieves. Oh, nice. You have to basically be. You have to be a partner, which means you need mm. something like a hundred thousand watch hours in a month on your channel. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, man, that's like that is stinking hard to get. Yeah. Um, and there, these other guys are like, here, everybody can do it. I had some games <laughs> where I was the only U.S. player among other players being in Australia. Yeah. Well, again, if you work interesting schedules, that becomes one of those like you, you find those weird ways to to tee it all up. I know. Uh, the Hype Goblin has a Sunday morning game that she's in that looks really interesting. Um, and that reminds me a bit of like, well, maybe we can do weekend morning games yeah. around all of yeah, our yeah. schedules and still get together. Because that one's a pretty safe, 
save time slot to work with. And that's always a challenge. And Ear, welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Speaking of the European market, yep, yep. glad to have you popping in this, this evening, your time, a little, little pre-bed hangout and chat, a little nightcap, <laughs> if you will. Um, yes, indeed. I, I cracked open the, the good whiskey for this. Ah. So I've been, I, I had a headache and I've been sipping all day, but uh, I have my custom made stir sticks. Ooh. <laughs> I got those for my birthday a couple years ago. Very That's, slick. Well, everybody, uh, you know, this is a pint and a half mug. And everybody sees me use like bamboo skewers, or I've Chopsticks. got, I've got a yeah, or or you know, I've got popsicle sticks, like crafting popsicle sticks and stuff. That I, and so they they went out of their way and got me those. It was pretty cute. That's pretty dang awesome. So we yeah. were talking about alignment. Are we thinking mm. we want to define it, or do we want to start with the history of it? Um, I think maybe. Uh, because of uh, because of who we are, we might. I don't know. I I kind of want to start start in the beginning. In the um, beginning, there were three alignments. Okay. <laughs> in in old Mulvey red box, you know the good old was, days. Yeah, there was Which... good, neutral, and chaos. <laughs> Before we get there, I will note there okay, is a okay. tag on the stream. Um, I don't know where our conversation is going to go, but I did put up a content warning. Um, we may find ourselves this afternoon discussing um, the depictions of evil acts. And if sometimes talking about being a frank conversation about what is or is not evil might make you uncomfortable, feel free to, you know, just kind of keep in mind if you see the conversation going to a place that you're not cool hanging out with, we apologize in advance. Um, and we totally understand if you want to come back another time. Uh, but okay. just, just a little heads up. Sometimes when you talk about evil, you have to talk about what evil does. And that can make some people a little squeamish. But yep. we will do our best to give you a heads up if we start down those roads. <laughs> and that's always my cue to be like, okay, the most horrible thing I can think of. <laughs> well, I, I have strong opinions about, about evil acts. So if we once we get down to the, what evil is, it's like, okay, let's let's lock in evil in 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 D and D and evil everywhere else. Um, uh, we did. Uh, uh, my brother and I did a talk show five years ago now i think um that's on my youtube channel that's that's about alignments and we literally read all of the alignments from first through fifth edition oh wow i had all the books out and we just literally went <laughs> alignment by alignment to kind of watch how it go went you know goes over the years and so i've kind of got half that still in my skull so well, like uh, you were you know, saying the first edition you had good chaos neutral. and neutral yeah. yep that was it there it was <laughs> which is which is interesting because it implies that good people want everything to kind of line up neatly mm -hmm. and people who are not good people are either <laughs> indifferent aka neutral mm -hmm. uh which was the term that got me out of gang violence when i was in elementary school mm. uh that gang violence when you're in a catholic school and you're in fourth grade gotcha but there were factions, and they said, which faction are you with? I'm like, I'm with the neutrals. <laughs> what? I'm like, yes, I don't pick one side or the other. You can do that? <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed, you can. And suddenly, for, like, for, like, three days, I was actually kind of cool. Because <laughs> um, I had defied convention by being neutral. Mm. And then you have chaos, which is that idea of, like, oh, you're ever just going to make things crazy. Mm-hmm. 
All for me. Me, me, me. <laughs> but is it? I, yeah, it, it's that, again, that's where it goes. Uh, my, my favorite example is the chaotic neutral thing. I got tired of those guys. There were two players who hid behind the facade of, well, I'm chaotic neutral. And they were just, they would just do evil stuff and be like, well, but they're evil. And so doing these horrible things to the evil guys is not evil. I'm chaotic neutral. I'm doing whatever. Yeah, yes, I'm doing is. what I do what I want, you know, and <laughs> evil, evil is still evil. Even if you're doing it to evil people, it's still evil. Evil, I know. Like that's, that's the defining trait of evil is that you're willing to do evil. Period. And this was, uh, I think this was in the, the deep in the second edition period. And so chaotic neutral was the, the, the definition at the time was something like uh, a character of whimsy, you know, blah, blah, blah. May, you know, just goes where the wind takes them kind of thing. And so Very romantic I, view of chaotic neutral. Mm -hmm. And I, so I, I told uh, Muddy, my buddy who was DMing at the time, I said, I'm going to play a chaotic neutral the way it reads here in the book. And, uh, and he said, okay, so uh, uh, I played a dwarf fighter, big, anarchy a on his shield you know black shield <laughs> big red anarchy a and i was just as likely to you know uh buy the goblins in the bar a beer as i was to you know oh our friend's dead well he won't need these boots um <laughs> you know uh as a matter of fact i carried i carried uh the dead elf's body all the way back to town and into the shop and then flopped him on the counter and was like, here's his stuff. And the guy's like, oh, get that out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Don't you want the boots and the things and the, you know, whatever? I tried to sell all the stuff off him. And he's like, not while it's on him. And so then <laughs> I sold, I pulled the stuff off and sold him what he would take. And then I walked out and left the body there. And so he's like, you can't leave a body here. The, you know, the, the shopkeeper. So I walked in, I grabbed the body, I carried it into the street and then slapped it on the, in the street and started walking away. And the town guards were like, what are you doing? You can't leave a dead body here. So I carried him out to the gate of the city and hucked him from the rampart. <laughs> and, and that's when me and the guards got into a really horrible battle. You think? Cause yeah. Cause well, a dwarf never relinquishes his weapon. And I went I ended up going the character ended up going to court with still with his weapons because I had murdered a slew of guards like cuz we were like fifth level characters so it was like dead guard dead guard dead guard yep. you are just going to keep okay dead guard dead guard <laughs> that, that's when they call out the veterans mm -hmm. that that's when that retired adventurer that worked for like i don't know he works on sunday mornings cuz yep. he's got nothing better to do it's an excuse to skip services with the wife when he shows up <laughs> and you're like wait a minute he's a 12th level fighter yes and he's in the guard just on sundays but they call him out for you it was uh we you talked about having a, a, a you know a, a old wizard who had gone to pot and he just you know but you don't know he's a wizard he's just got a gigantic beard and goofy hair you know it's like Bob Ross with a huge pot belly and he wanders out into the street and is like boom starts throwing lightning bolts you know at the party you know, that kind of thing I'm, I'm picturing this how like the the wizard approaches you 
He's going to, or the, the guard approaches you. He's wearing a bit of robes. Uh, what's he going to do? Throw a fireball ass? Fireball, you say? <laughs> no, excuse me. Um, can you hand me those D6s? I don't have enough behind my screen. Exactly. How, how many do you need? Um, Seven more. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> <laughs> evil in real uh, life, it's a very positional matter, i.e. the evildoer most times doesn't see the evil they're doing because they self-justify it. Yes, and that's absolutely here. And that gets into the nuance that came with the later editions because we go back to first. So going back to that good neutral chaos, when you think about a miniature war game, you have the good faction, the chaotic faction, and then you have the non-combatants. So you have the neutral groups that could either, maybe they're on one side or the other, depending, they're mercenaries, or they're just there to muck up the table. <laughs> you know, like, yes, you can throw, your, your, you can move the nine inches to move your wizard mini here and throw a fireball, but... But, but, but you're going to catch the spectators when you do that. Yes. And that's not something you probably want to do. You can. There's no rule against it. But you might feel bad in the morning. Yeah. The um, So I have a buddy who I think we are on. It had to be almost 10 years ago that this happened, that he started still brings it up and we'll go to a whiteboard to to draw it out he's <laughs> got so mad at me i was this i was a pyromancer and i was trying to be a better person that was the story arc of this guy is that he was this pyromancer but he was trying to be a better person and um he would launch fireballs and you know just like nothing well we got in the final battle big bads coming in from all directions and i wouldn't start lobbing fireballs because the teamsters who were driving our wagons were in the range of the fireball and this was before the evoker thing where you could cut people out yep and and he was like drop the fireball i'm like i can't There's, i'll kill those teamsters beep those teamsters uh, what, what are you no i i'm I'm good. I'm 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 chaotic. Good. It says right here, <laughs> kind of thing. And and so to this day, he he because he and one other player were the only ones who who got away. They dimension door doored and then cast fly and got out of there. Yeah. The other four of us dead, 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 and dead. You know, brutally murdered. Well, and that's so. and that's where it gets tough. And then ear adds in here that the. Uh, the Chaotic Modifier can be fun on paper, but it seems so random in the end. And that's the thing about when I think it was sec Advanced Second introduced the alignment um, grid. Oh, yeah. That kind the... of has endured to today, the nine alignments, mm -hmm. where you have the axis of law versus order and the axis of good versus evil. Um, and then you would kind of place yourself somewhere on it. Because I do remember the idea of good and evil versus law and chaos starting to, I remember like not at the, at the age I was playing D and D, I don't, didn't totally grok what was going on with it. I, like I knew I, you were supposed to pick one, <laughs> but like, I didn't really appreciate And I think most of my characters were chaotic neutral because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be tied down to anything. Yep. Yep. Um, and it felt like the presentation was very, well, you have to do this. This was on your character sheet. 
right well and that that was that was a whole big thing for advanced you know first second edition alignments had consequences Mm -hmm. you know uh for certain individuals hence a lot of the memes lawful stupid you know and 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 such but those are the kind of things that can be really fun to play if done well you know Mm -hmm where it's well you didn't see me steal those gems you know and then if the if the paladin is like i will catch you rogue you know and and it's banter and it's fun and it's light that's great when it's no this is this is what my character would do because i wrote these two words on my sheet and hence you know Smite evil. (laughs) I think when the players start to say, "I have to do this thing because it's what my because it's what's on my sheet," that becomes um, really problematic from a game mechanic point of view. Yeah, and and that that gets dicey into how you handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, to um, I want to know a little more about how that happened because um, Toad's put in here. Um, I had a good character become evil for having to choose a life over another, and I'm yeah. I'm curious as to how what this more specific circumstance. If you're willing to share, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. behind that is because I think the two of us can weigh in as to whether we agree with your DM. Um, but also from second and third edition, there was the concept of there was an alignment language. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think in the second, I think third edition got rid of the alignment language. Yes. Yeah. First and second edition had alignment languages. Yeah. And, and the idea, I think there was meant to be all the good, everyone who's generally good can talk to each other and everyone yeah. who's generally evil can talk to each other. So you don't have to get too deep into the, well, we're, we're all heroes. We're all an adventuring party, but we can't talk to each other because nobody decided to take Elvish. Right. And so no one right, knows right. what that elf is saying half the time. That's, right. I mean, the, the, the Chewbacca effect can be fun, but you still need to have somebody invest a point in it. Um, <laughs> which, ironically, I played an Ewok oh, in high school. Nice. I played an Ewok, and one other guy decided that he would be the translator to the Ewok. And mm. I would speak in my version of broken Ewok, yeah, which was like yeah. a broken English. I did this weird thing. I don't remember how I did it, but it was a lot of dropping consonants. Mm-hmm. And literally the only guy at the table who could understand me when I did that yeah. was my translator right right i mean i was saying stuff and he was like oh i get what he's saying because i can kind of hear the code in what he's saying nobody yeah. else right could do it which was a total accident anyway the, the, uh, uh real quick along those i played in a living star wars campaign that was run by west end mm. back in the day and so you would go to gen con or origins or whatever and you would play your character and they would keep your character for you and then you would show up at a convention and they would have your character and blah, oh, blah. uh there were two guys there was a, a father and son that were at the ta- table and they were han and chewy basically and the little kid only described his actions whenever he talked as his character he talked wookie and 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 the dad would translate and oh it'd be great because the dad would translate oh so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go over there and shoot the guy and he'd go you know like no and then the dad would try again it would it was really really cute it was it was very cute to play a game with that awesome that's a great way to handle the 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 chewbacca effect Mm -hmm. um which i mean for those that 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 appreciate such things i will only say to you the the most important message that you will hear from me today i am groot 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which which actually got my there was one year I got my wife I am Groot socks for Mother's Day, <laughs> and she hauled them up and I said, well, it translates to best mother ever. Can't you can't you pick that up from it? Yeah. She's duh. like, I oh I must have misunderstood. I I thought it was something inappropriate for the kids to hear. <laughs> like, well, yeah. So under nice. some circumstances, it can translate that way too. But um... <laughs> there used to be a cartoon named Chowder, and there was a character uh, Schnitzel who only talked like Rada 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 Rada. And <laughs> there was an episode where Schnitzel is telling a dirty joke, and and the the professor guy is like oh schnitzel you know type thing and 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 that that's one of those cartoons that tries to sneak the couple jokes in every episode for the adults sort of thing i i cried i cried i laughed so damn hard it was just beautiful great series chowder check it out aim into that but also back in those days not only did you have your alignment languages you also had really specific benefits and penalties. Mm-hmm. There were magic items that only worked if you were good. There was detect good, detect evil. There was this spell does damage to evil characters and heals good characters. Yeah. And there were a lot of game mechanics tied to that identifier on your character sheet. So if you wrote down neutral, it's like, I've cut myself out of a third of the stuff. Um, but I get a little more flexibility. If I write down good, oh, I get, I get stuff. But then I can never change from good because the DM will then take it away. Uh, I think it was the nine lives stealer in one edition. If you were a good character and you picked it up, it, it would just take a level from you. Just like, shouldn't be good. Ha ha ha. I'm an evil sword. You know, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's. Uh, real quick uh same thing with like lycanthropy or other things like if it was a plus three sword versus werewolves and you had lycanthropy and you didn't might not even know that you are a werewolf you pick the sword up and it's like ah why does the sword it burned me and no one else will pick up the sword because they're like "Ooh, it burned you know it burned the elf (laughs) what's going on so Oh, did we get the story? Here we go. Here comes the story. All right, all right. Okay, so I had a paladin in a good party, which was a good game. We had the favorite NPC with us in the party, and they were being held hostage at knife point. My paladin had never killed someone before due to it being his belief of it being an evil action. But I was determined that I would save the NPC at any cost. Okay, Uh, I'll let Gray go first. Uh, According to the previous post from... Uh, toe here that was deemed as an evil action by the dm do you agree or disagree with the dms or rather that was defined as a alignment changing event do you agree or disagree with the dm in this circumstance so i would i would want to have seen how it played out at the table because if he ah, attacked the guy and like accidentally killed him, like blah, too much damage because there was no mechanic back in the day. You had to call, I'm doing some dual damage. Yes. You know, uh, beforehand. And so if it was, aha, you're, you know, have at you, tink, knock the dagger away and kills the guy. No. But if he tink, knocks the dagger away, get behind me, 
and then proceeds to murder the guy. <laughs> you know, just like, oh, his dagger flew off that way. Now you got nothing, you know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, well, what are you going to do? You know, and he backs him into a corner and just murders him. Yes, that would be an evil act. But I'm assuming that this is one of those where he killed the guy. And if the DM, what the DM should have done, if nothing else should have been, well, you have broken one of your uh, one of your tenures, your oaths. Possibly you should do penance and. And, and play out some penance or something like that. That's can, the way I would Can you say side quest? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I tend to agree. However, I do think that I would be a little more lenient with a good paladin in this circumstance because I think that... Well, a couple of things. First, I think that as a general rule, forcing people into a no-win situation. Mm-hmm. This person will murder someone, will commit murder unless I commit murder myself and I have sworn never to commit murder is a no win. It's, it's a Tobagashi scenario. Yes. There's no way out of this. You have to make a decision. And I don't think it qualifies as a non good act mm. to act in a way that stops something bad happening like that. Something horrific. Um, there's a big thing in seven C which is mm. heroes may inadvertently kill people because it's part of combat but our hero right. will never commit murder and right. the minute you commit murder in um 7c you are immediately escalated you, you gain a point uh towards becoming an evil character of, of mm. losing your pc to the downward dark spiral uh, oh. now to clarify <clears throat> the elements of murder are as follows mm. mens rea or the evil intent the more, the more evil the mind, the more the intent. Actus reus, the act was purposeful. Mm. Concurrence, intent and act must be simultaneous. Right. If I intend to kill you, but it happens sometime later, well, maybe that's not murder. Causation, mm. the act and intent must work together to be the cause. And finally, harm, the act and intent must be the cause of actual harm. Mm. That is the legal definition of murder, which... For good or bad, lawyers have been debating for some time. I, I kind of like it. So I look at this as, yes, your paladin killed somebody, but did they commit murder? Which is an right. evil kind of killing, whereas a a self-defense, a greater good, a defense of others, isn't that? Eh? I mean, we kind of like it when people stop evil people, even if they have to use deadly force, because we generally assume as a society that... You know, sometimes you can't take them alive, and it's better to take your chances because they're really bad people. Right. And that's, you know, that's, it's tough. I mean, all, you know, life should be, life is precious, even even people who make bad choices. However, yeah. it's 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 like the, the stuff with the Joker or the Green Goblin or all these various scenarios that comic books cook up. It's like, I don't know if I would consider... Winter Soldier, an evil person for sometimes going, yeah, just kill the guy. <laughs> like, no, nah, we're just going to kill him. I mean, yes, it's great that Captain America tries to toe the line, although even even Caps has had his moments where it's yeah. like, this was an unfortunate twist. Yeah. Well, and and that's that's why, particularly in in older older comics and stuff, the you know they never like splort. And kill people. It's always ting, ting, ting. 
oh no ah, they yeah. fall off into the lava pit or you know are sucked out into space or whatever they 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 don't actually like you know you don't see the blade go through them uh kind of thing um yeah so. i think i think personally i would not have made a character change their character sheet as a result of that particular action Mm. But again, I also think that when you look at the more modern publications of Dungeons and Dragons, things that 3, 5, 4th, and 5th, yeah. for the most part eliminated, were the actual tangible benefits yeah. of alignment. So kind of like your biffs, mm -hmm. there's no real like... Okay, so contrast. In um, White Wolf's World of Darkness games, you write down your nature and your demeanor, your archetype... Yeah that you are as a character and then what you tell the world you are. Yeah. And you gain benefits for role playing within those. So if you write on your character sheet, I'm a loner, mm -hmm. you get a tangible benefit. Every time you say, I'm going to go do this on my own. You get like some points that you can mm -hmm. spend. That's there's no element to that with alignments in modern dungeons and dragons. So exactly. there's not a lot of push to stay within those which also creates freedom for you to say, well, my character's generally chaotic, good, but they've been known to pick up a couple of shinies from time to time that aren't theirs and toss them in their own pockets because, well, they want to. Right. Yeah, and it's, I think as as Dungeons & Dragons is becoming more story-oriented, that's where it's becoming more gray area <laughs> and alignments are are losing that that punch you know that 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 uh you know the mechanics are starting to fade away because they don't they want to give people plenty of choices you know it's mm -hmm. it's the reason they took away the alignment restrictions for paladins you can be an evil paladin you can be at this you can be that you know you can be the drunken master chaotic neutral monk you know where it used to be Yo, you're playing a monk, you have to be lawful, you know? And just like, oh, if you're a dwarf, you can't be a wizard. You know, they wanted to huck all that out and let people create the stories they want to create. Now, so. what's, what's interesting, okay, I will actually say, if someone sits at my table and say, I want to play, okay, first of all, I just realized I'm about to violate this statement. So <laughs> bear with me, I'm not great. I'm not a big fan of chaotic monks, mm. but I, because I tend to think about things like, um, the, dis, the self-discipline because a monk kind of sticks out from the others. There's a lot of that inner self-discipline and inner organization. I won't, I won't say inner peace, but that the best word for it in English I can think of requires a certain level of acceptance of protocols. I mean, Maybe, and even like wizards, I think I have a hard time. I have a hard time picturing chaotic wizards. Right. Because you don't become really good at understanding topics by being hyper random. It yeah, requires it, a certain adherence to an order and study. Much more, um, much more warlock, sorcerer material. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the same way even with paladins, a chaotic paladin. I'm like, yeah, but you still have to follow a code of your god. Mm -hmm. Which maybe your goads, your goads, your god's mm. code is to sow chaos. But right. there's this weird quirk now where you're following edicts, which mm -hmm. is lawful. 
right to sow chaos which is chaotic mm-hmm. in 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 the betterment of a community granted it's not the best community which is kind of good <laughs> so if a paladin follows the code of their god to better all other followers of that god mm-hmm. they're acting lawful good Especially if it costs them something personal. Yeah. Like the paladin murders his lover as mm-hmm. a sacrifice. So now they've made a self-sacrifice for the greater good following the orders of a, of a community which is benefited by it. They're a lawful good character. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) And and therein lies the problem with hard and fast alignments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh two two games that that really do a good job with the uh, like alignments. Uh Harnmaster has um morals and and there's game stuff that, that occurs when you have more uh morality it's like a mechanic in the game Mm. um and uh pendragon pendragon is just you 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 basically have opposed uh skill i don't want to call them skills but like you are either well how to put this you roll a d20 and you have two stats one is lusty one is chaste and when you roll one of them, the other one equals the rest of 20. So if you've got a 15 chase, you've got a five lust. And so you won't, the lusty things and all that, don't care about, I am chaste, I am this, blah, blah, blah. Worldly, pious, all these things go down and they, they've, I've, they've got an opposite. And it's such a beautiful system because if you get to 15 or above, you are known for your your piety or you are known for your your lusty ways, you know, you pagan. Um, and and there's mechanics in that for playing up those stats or getting those stats to certain levels. Like there's five of them. If you hit if you hit 10 or 15 in, in a certain five of them, you you become like more like a paladin. You are like, oh, you are the image of holy, uh, holy knighthood and grandeur. So, yeah, it it's really interesting. Um, I, I, I like I, I personally like when that kind of thing's in there. Um, I also like that. Uh, so in that system, for instance, uh, here's one of my favorite things. There's uh, the knights come along a tent. And there's a tent, and uh, a knight strides out and says, I challenge you, who will joust against me? And I will name my prize. And the knight jousts, blammo, kating, they lose. And the, the, the knight takes off the helmet and, you know, their flowing blonde hair and says, you must spend the night with me, dear good knight. And the, the knight was like super chaste, and he was like, I shall not. And uh, the the game mechanic for it was he actually <clears throat> lost some points in uh, I forget what it was, but yeah, it was it was really it, it's it's really great when you when you do have that kind of stuff and it plays out in in a situation. So I 
I like alignments, but yes, they should be guidelines because everyone has a bad day. You know what I mean? Oh, that was, I, I so. went with the defense attorney. That was one of her favorite lines was, yeah. do you really want to be judged for the rest of your life for the things you did on the worst day of it? Yeah, right, right, right. Um, now, there's been an interesting point that came up here. Speaking of, of that, and I, before we get to the things in the chat, I do want to kind of piggyback on what you've been saying. Mm. I think that in a game system, like you said, where there's this codified morality system, mm -hmm. um, those are really neat games, but you also kind of know you're playing a morality game. You know that's part of the mechanics. You know that's part of what, you want, what you're going to do with. And in some ways, second and third edition D&D played into that. Like, you knew if you wanted to keep using this sword, you had to be good. So you right. were constantly, you had to negotiate with your DM and justify, I'm doing this and it's still a good deed. Yes. And then you crossed your fingers that you had a DM that wasn't out to screw you. Right, right, right. Because let's be honest, we've had some talks about bad DMs over the years. Um, <laughs> and one top, one great thing a DM would love to do is say, oh, you're a good character. You're going to be a paladin. You want that magic? Here's a moral dilemma from which you have to pick one of two terrible options, neither of which could be considered good. And and would take some joy in saying, oh, you you picked murdering the little girl to save the city. Yeah, that was evil, dude. Or, mm -hmm. oh, you're going to let the little girl run away and doom everyone to potentially starve? That's evil, dude. And you're like, well, but I didn't have... Late, late high school, early college, <laughs> I was a monster with that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, it was get the really awesome magic sword or save the puppies. Hmm? You know, <laughs> what do you want? Do you want the plus five Holy Avenger or should we save the kittens? You know, <laughs> that I, I was horrible about that. I was just, a, I was a nightmare, my, but my, it was fun. <laughs> my late high school featured me trying to have a moral character in Shadowrun. And then enduring an evening of every guard we shot was looking at pictures of his kid in his wallet when he died. <laughs> so there course. was like this, you look and, and there was blood everywhere and there were body pots everywhere and there were open wallets with pictures everywhere. You know, it was, it wasn't enough that we had to fight our way through when we had to, but I had to be told, oh yeah. And as you go past the guard that's unconscious in the workstation, you see a crayon drawn picture next to him that says hope you have a good day at work daddy exactly like, really really He's like, hey you wanted to play the moral character um so the point came brought up when i brought up that kind of that crazy hypothetical um uh togepi throws in here that evil campaigns can never be um with the idea that following the logic a man who murders others for his god is awful also lawful good um Oh, yeah, and that's also a point they just, added, they just added in chat. That's when you take the picture to the kids. Um, yes, although I have had some games, and if you've seen the Harlequin series, they would say you take the picture to the kids to off the kids, so there's mm. no revenge plot. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> but um, the idea that if you are killing people or you're murdering for your God, you're lawful good. Here's my definition of good, though, in all mm. of this. Good requires sacrifice. Good, in my opinion, good is harder than evil because you have to give up things because it's better for everyone that you not indulge all yeah. of your desires. Hmm. Um, similarly, things like taking a life 
it's not a good act in any way, shape, or form un unless it's tied to a, but this is what has to be done for the greater good. Um, now, we can debate a lot more another time and probably with a little more alcohol um, about what greater goods there are outside of the D&D &D context. Yes. But I think if in the, from the context of adventurers, it's, it's always easier to be part of the... The lure of evil is its ease. So a, a lawful mm. evil character is taking the easy route where a lawful good character is making sacrifices to themselves because they know it's what must be done. Even a chaotic good character. Let's look at Robin Hood. The classic, yeah. like nobody will debate Robin Hood is a chaotic good character. Right. Let's, let's, let's lay this out. He lived in the woods. <laughs> he ate from what he could hunt. Mm -hmm. He hung out with a bunch of other outlaws and ne'er do wells, in and like most and kept and kept them from being evil people. <laughs> in most of the stories, he doesn't even get Maid Marian until the very end. Mm -hmm. um, depending on what folklore you follow, um, yeah. he makes sacrifices to be who he is. Um, yeah. He robs from the rich and then gives it away. Yeah. He he doesn't rob from the rich and live in his own <laughs> castle where he people come to collect money he robs from the rich and lives in a camp yeah. Yeah. so i mean there's a sacrifice <laughs> tied to it the guy lives poverty um and again according to certain myths he didn't even have to live poverty he was a noble right he could have lived in a manor again like others would say no he couldn't go back to his manor because he was hunted by prince john who had taken over after king richard left on the crusade and prince john had it out for him and eh, take it what you will yep i well, cut my teeth on kevin costner as robin hood so i'm a little uh, bit skewed go it, on well even even then even then you could go off to burgundy or or somewhere else and be like yes i'm sir blah 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 and they'll be like oh well how about 10 years from now we go back to back after your uncle here's an estate you know <laughs> yeah you you have a noble claim we mm -hmm. can we can go pursue this at a later day in time yeah. um but he didn't and that's what parts of what part of what makes being good in a fantasy setting good is you're not falling prey to taking care of yourself first you're taking care of others first right so even a character who goes out and crusades in the classic sense of the word um has to be doing it with some sense of sacrifice at the very very least and the belief that what they're doing is to the betterment of others yep um which granted my my somewhat whiskey fueled hey, check this out i'll make <laughs> you think this is lawful good um, right right is is getting to well and the thing to to that is part of we'll see when sixth edition comes out um that they're what what we've been told is that they're going to remove the evil races mm. if it's if it's a sentient creature it'll no longer be listed as you know or orcs will no longer be listed as evil you know <laughs> humanoid evil uh, it'll be humanoid and um so you know it's it's really weird like uh this past sunday there was a mimic and 
uh, a second mimic because I'm doing modules that I'm grabbing off the internet and of course cute mimics are always a thing so there's a mimic and uh, the oldest house elf she's like well is it evil and I was like hmm so I actually looked at the stat block and it's like monstrous neutral and I mean to disguise yourself as a big pretty you know a big pretty treasure chest and then have people come up and you know you eat them that's you know that doesn't sound very good it doesn't sound like a good thing but a wolf in the forest is not evil it's just a wolf and so i tried to explain that to, to her and she said in the end she was like okay since it's neutral i'll try to trap it and take it somewhere i'll take it somewhere else where it can be you know it could be a, a neutral monster all of its own accord you know and i was like oh you're such a sweetheart you know <laughs> so by the way take a shot yeah uh, we've been we've been ordered to hydrate and on happy hour oh. that's a different kind of hydrate mm. Mm. And for the kids playing at home, we are indeed both over 21. Please remember that if you do choose to imbibe, imbibe responsibly. And for the love of all, don't drive immediately afterward. Lantern Noir presents Cares, the more you know. Oh, rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's interesting because you say that as like the thing that's coming with sixth. I have assumed that that's already part of fifth. Well, <laughs> sort of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything going forward that they print from now will mm -hmm. be that way. Or at least that's what I've heard. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny it. Mm -hmm. um, but. but that's the kind of thing where I think that speaks volumes to what's happening within the Dungeons & Dragons writing community, if not the player community still. Is the idea that there is something inherently harmful in saying this group is part of this genetic race mm -hmm. and therefore they are defined by character traits that yep. not just traits in general but specifics of morality right that morality is a product of culture not of dna right um now i like the idea of saying are there good orcs in the world yep. maybe have you ever met one hell no like everywhere there are orcs for the most part they're evil they have a system where they enslave people they murder people they take joy in inflicting suffering on others that are not consenting partners and said infliction of pain they're you know they're not they're not electing into getting spanked they're getting spanked because they like to you know someone else likes the spanking part and doesn't care about the consent um these are evil things and they're like light evil we're not even going into the hard evil yet yeah um but so yeah for orcs probably even might you meet a nice one probably not in my game mm. and that's because i play with a lot of new players yeah. and i'm really nervous about playing opposite types too often because right. part of that opposite of type is only interesting really to people who know the types yeah the so here's again the uh you know like you said you kill the guard and the, the wallet falls out and the accordion of, of family pictures is spattered with their blood you know you, you the orcs who have been raiding you you then you know go and take them out 
uh, okay, they were being bad, and now you murdered them for being bad. I mean, it's kind of, it's like the Vikings didn't think they were the bad guys. They were just like, these people can't defend themselves, which is, you know, thanks for the stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, they didn't think of themselves as evil. They thought themselves as, you know, look at us. We rock. You know? And a little, like, a little bit of, well, you know, they could always learn to defend themselves. They're just weak in the strong take from the weak, which by most definitions, when you look at moral compasses, is defined as an evil thing. Um, there aren't right. too many moral philosophers that would say, if you can take it, go right ahead. Um, right. And that, but that kind of leads us to the, to the, like you said, the crusades thing. Like yeah. those crusaders thought, well, duh, this is ordained by God. We're, we're the good guys in this situation. We're going to someone else's house and kicking the door in and taking things. I don't think you're the good guys. I, I really, I really have a hard time justifying that, you know, that that either one your God is not good, or somebody along the lines has a different uh, idea of what being good is. Yeah, and that, and again, through there's the uh, the skit with the are we the bodies? Mm-hmm. Um, and that becomes one of those where it's like I I get it. Um, but then we get back to the idea of what is good or evil. I actually threw in the link in the chat, which is a really neat book that I read some time ago. And it is, um, it's called the philosophy of star Trek. Yeah. And what's yeah, yeah. In, what sticks with it is it's not just a philosophy book. Um, it is a, um, Oh, I don't want that to be that. I'll have to investigate later. Thank you for the heads up that Nightbot is being silly and sending people to Twitter instead of Discord, but it's going to take me too long to fix that. Um, mm. Fix that right now. But have to be after show. But but but, um, what it does is it attempts to the, the the thesis of the book is there is a moral philosophy behind Star Trek. Let's find out what it is. So every chapter is a moral philosophy, and then the question of does Star Trek follow this moral philosophy? So they mm. define the philosophy. And then they find some pro and con examples of it and says, well, probably not because here are all the exceptions where people being good in yeah. the um, moral philosophy in, in this philosophy um, don't win. Right. Um, or they're considered the bad guys. And it kind of goes through. But what's amazing about it is it breaks down all of these different schools of moral thought. Um, which you could also see if you've ever followed The Good Place, which oh, is now yeah. streaming all seasons oh, on Netflix. Um, Chidi does a really bang up job great. of going through all the different moral philosophies out there. Um, that becomes one of those really neat, um, really kind of neat things. Where yeah, that, that show is forking great. Um, that show is forking amazing. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, I adore it. I, I, and it was just, it, again, seeing moral philosophy elevated in pop mm -hmm. culture to not just a, a punchline, but an actual thing you study mm -hmm. is a really, to me, it was very exciting. I loved my moral philosophy class in college. It was probably one of the, the best 
classes I took um, to pursue, yeah. just to understand things. Well, and I think, too, that the, the, the point of the show is great because it's literally mechanic and me, uh, giving mechanics to it. You know, you get points and you got to get enough points to get in the thing, or at least that's what you, anyway, no, no spoilers, watch the show. But there's, it, like we were saying, there's codified mechanics to it. And so if, if I, I really like the idea of there being, you know, a sentient sword that is evil. It wants murder. It wants chaos. It wants things burning. It, you know, it wants it wants its owner to you know sit upon a throne of skulls. Um, you know, and I I think that if if you're creating a universe where uh, you know your your gaming universe, your tabletop, this this adventure, whatever, has has good and evil in it then alignments make sense. It's just like, you know, there are gods here. You know, I, I, I believe in the gods because, I mean, they do things and they give me power and stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, this is proof. Yeah. And that guy over there just burned down the, you know, uh, the nunnery uh, of the healers that take anyone no matter who they are you know those people are probably pretty good because they're just you know feeding and taking care of people and this guy went i don't like that boom <laughs> you know i gotta burn it down but and even if they said well you know they violated one of our tenants which is that everyone must live strictly within their castes and therefore i smote all of them is that really a sacrifice for the greater good on any level because they, I, again i feel like when you look at what's good it's that idea of I can't have everything. Yes. And I'm choosing not to have everything because it's good for everyone for me not to. And that's and that's why a lot of times I play I, I almost almost always play chaotic good characters. Even when I try to be a bad character, I still as a person I'm like, but the old man tentacles reached out of the the, the alley and grabbed the old man, and pulled him in. Maybe we should fight this beast. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> you know, I just want to get into combat. And everybody else is like, hey, we don't care about the old man. I'm like, ah, oh, it's so hard for me as a person and a player to play evil, you know. Well, and, so. that's, and it's, it can be hard to write mm. in general. When I was working on my, um, my, my novel, I had to keep like, okay, what can this guy do that is hyper creepy? And I was like, I was not popular at work because I would stop coworkers and say, okay, I need to know which of these is creepier and then put <laughs> things in front of them because like I was having a hard time. And then like, and I was getting a bit of a reputation. Like, don't talk to, don't talk to Rob when he's on his, when he looks, when he's in a writing mode, because, because <laughs> like he has really creepy ideas so tavern sparrow is a writer and she has a she has a, she has a sweatshirt that says ignore my browser history i'm a writer <laughs> that is awesome that that I, go ahead 
because uh, I mean, we have we have books upstairs that are like a writer's guide to poison, a writer's guide to murder, a writer's guide to you know <laughs> evil. Um, um, you know, so well, it's it's the line from Castle. <laughs> there are two kinds of people who sit around thinking about ways to murder people: serial killers and mystery writers. writers. I'm the kind that pays better. Um, and I've, I've used that line a couple of times. <laughs> so I usually dungeon masters and mm-hmm. uh, serial killers. Yeah, I'm the kind that exactly. has more fun with dice. Yeah, um, exactly. It's neat, though, too, because this bridge is really well. And I, I don't think we can talk about alignment without bringing Matt up Matt Colville's comments mm. on it, mm. where he talks about the difference between prescriptive and descriptive. And if you look at like first and second, even a little bit of third edition, where protection from good was a thing, mm-hmm. your alignment was prescriptive. It was a character trait that you had to follow and it defined what you could do. Yeah. In fourth and fifth, it transitions into a descriptive. It becomes something where you have a relatively consistent character and then once in a while you do things that aren't consistent with this word you wrote down right? because it's what fits for the character you think you've been writing or your character has a change of heart where they do something different and yeah. they, they, they grow or don't grow. Devolve. Devolve. <laughs> um, and now they're changing and, I remember, I want to say like in second edition, there was like a level penalty or you lost XP if your alignment got changed. Hmm. Or maybe there was a home. For some reason, my brain says there was a punishment for alignment shifts beyond just, oh, you can't use good weapons anymore. Um, it could have been like a Dragon Magazine article or something. Maybe. It, It totally, it sounds right. I just don't, I, it's not going, oh yes. Yeah. You know, but that gets into that idea though, where it's like, we're going to punish you if you don't, if you don't do X, mm-hmm. there is a game punishment. Right. And, and that's tough because now you're not telling a story or playing a game. You are fixated on, I have to follow what my character sheet tells me. And as much fun as I like to have with Lenarius and, and, and the, the running gag of, That'll be an awesome move in five levels when you can actually do it. Right. Um, I don't like the idea of telling my players what they can and can't do. I want them to say, how do I do this? Right. And then say, well, at your level, here's how you do that. And in some cases, it's it'll take you three, three combat actions because you're not that practiced yet. So it'll take three rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can try it. Right. Yeah, the... um. I had one DM who was an actual philosopher, like <laughs> degreed, you know, everything. And it was great because he would just say, oh, you, whatever you write down there, that's what you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he would have notes behind the screen so that if somebody were detecting evil, <laughs> you know, like a party member is like, I cast detect evil. Oh, Bob, Bob lights up like a Christmas tree. He's Bob's evil. (laughs) And and it was great because then Bob would be like, no, it says right here. I'm lawful neutral. (laughs) He'd be like, oh, no, you're not. Yeah, there's there's a caravan of examples. There's a caravan of widows. I would like to have a conversation about your supposed neutrality. (laughs) 
uh, Journey Quest has the the Glorian the Knight, and it's yes. great because they're like they're like, well, you killed like a thousand of them, or uh, orcs, yeah, and then and then you killed. The retirement village, <laughs> you know, you went, you went like out of your way to kill the retirement. Killing is good, you know. <laughs> well, and that, I think, I think one of the things, especially I think older gamers are struggling with as we remove alignment from Dungeons and Dragons as a mechanic is alignment made the game easy. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of kobolds. We kill them all. Why? Because they're evil. The world is better off without them. Just like, you know, we we don't think about putting out insecticides. We don't think too much about putting out mouse traps. Yes, these particular mice are big, lizardy, and they can care they can fashion tools and they can Set talk traps. and they can maybe write literature and maybe a few of them can sing and once in a while they get a little traveling show going. But for the most part mm-hmm. The world is better off if we kill them all. And now we're looking at, well, before we go slaughter all the orcs, we should find out, are they evil orcs or are they not? And not, not everybody's okay with that. Right. And I, and I, and and I'm okay with that. I really, I would prefer to see that sort of thing. Particularly, I love playing monster races. I love it love it i i was just play i just played a goblin and the moral ambiguity is is so it's so fun um i before i forget this because i've forgotten it like two or three times now and it fits in here so star wars prequels you know because today may the fourth be with you and also um, with you uh and so uh <laughs> um in the prequels the reason we had roger roger was so that jedi could go whipping through them and hack them to pieces with laser swords you know with lightsabers because if you had been doing that to you know people (laughs) it would have been like saving private ryan up in there you'd be like jesus oh god you know arms and bodies and torsos and heads flying every direction and 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 it was so funny because when (laughs) when we when we saw the prequels i went yeah that makes sense i mean I would have liked to see the Saving Private Ryan version, you know, where, where they're like, wink, 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 and every, there's there's no blood because everything's cauterized, and you know, that it just would have been a just mind blowing experience. But um, not exactly PG rated, so uh, I understand. Yeah, and 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 the, the two questions here is it would well, the first one relate just to that? It would have been cooler, according to Goblinzoid, if it had if it was people and I do agree for a a PG 13 slash R audience, I think it would have been interesting to see them do. And I think it would have put some pressure on the writing team to remind us that these characters chose this path. These were not, you know, children. These weren't people forced by conscription into serving. They weren't uh, necessarily people that could have been captured there. They're going to kill the Jedi if they can. Yeah. Or they're part of a machination by some level of choice that is going to blow up a planet 
in space Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> and not just to blow it up to like because they don't like who's on that planet, but as a show of. I mean, I think everyone misses with Alderaan. Alderaan mm-hmm. was a peaceful planet with no weapons on it and was just a member of the Galactic Senate. Yep. They blew it up to show they could. Right. It's the bully who walks into the lunchroom and goes, that one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to beat the piss out of him. Why? Because yes. I can and I need to beat the piss out of somebody. That's and- not good. <laughs> and if I do, everyone else will fall in line. Yeah. I'm still going to beat up other people when I feel like it. Or but... <laughs> they stand up to me or tell me I'm a jerk. But mm-hmm. but yeah, that's a that's a that's a evil. Flex. It was a flex. Yeah. It was totally a flex. <laughs> I, even when I've used the space laser in my games of Star Wars Rebellion at the game table, it's been a I'm doing this because I know it's going to muck up all of your alliances. It's everyone goes, oh, crap, it could be us next. Mm-hmm. It's not because <laughs> I hate the planet I'm nuking. Usually I think a couple of times right. I've nuked the planet on per- like because the planet was the problem, but usually it was the the benefit of the faction modifiers to having nuked a planet. Um, <laughs> the Zogons say, you know, well, we're building an intergalactic freeway through here, and Earth just is in the way, so we, we have to, we have to <laughs> and then blow the, it up. Also, what damage would a cobalt do long-term in a massive world? Well, none. An individual cobalt <laughs> is pretty harmless, but I think that that creates one of those interesting moments where players no longer can rely on let's just go kill a bunch of evil races and get experience. And unless you want to, I mean, there's nothing stopping a DM from saying we're going to run a game where you're going to go off and you're going to slaughter um, larger and larger numbers of more and more challenging races of enemy combatants. Have at it. And there's yeah. nothing stopping you as a DM from saying, that's the game I'm going to run. Yeah. I'm going to send you off to kill kobolds, and then we're going to kill goblins, and then we're going to kill hobgoblins, and then we're going to work our way up to orcs, and pretty soon you're going to fight some cultists, and then you're going to take down a dragon. Yeah, and and and, and, it, it, and it's much easier if they just have right in the book, and it's just, you know, the labels put on there, evil. Yeah. You know, um, so with that... As games are evolving, I'm enjoying seeing them writing. They, they, the writing doing, um, they're writing stuff in where, well, if you talk to these goblins, you know, <laughs> if the party persuades them, they could get help from them or they could learn how to get into the mind flayer's tomb, you know, without, I, I'm, really enjoying that and and it's so great uh my sunday games again with uh uh the oldest oldest elf are great because she always looks for she always looks for the peaceful solution she's a druid she's an elven druid and she's Mm -hmm. always looking for the peaceful solution and it it it's just it's just heartwarming and beautiful to play uh when she plays in the group with my grognards it's really interesting to see because because my brother is a wizard and he's a necromancer and he doesn't it he gets into that weird is necromancy evil or recycling and 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 all this stuff like so for instance uh hobgoblin army comes against him my brother strides out blam lightning bolts a few of them and goes okay guys let's be cool here 
I've got a deal for you. And, and he literally teleports them to an island full of dinosaurs and giant monsters. And, you know, it's like Monster Island uh, with like, you know, King Kong and Godzilla on it. And he takes these hobgoblins and he, he because they're lawful evil, he convinces them that they're great, big, huge lizards. My God, it would be an honor if you could destroy one of these lizards. You would be the greatest hero ever. And, and so, yes, so he convinces the hobgoblins to go live on his magic island and, and fight dinosaurs. That's pretty that's, smooth. That's what I'm saying. It's the, it, I love smooth. the fact that people are now thinking in, you know, out of the box and not, you know, taking those things into account. It's, it's really nice to see. Now, actions speak louder than words. So evil, you know, it, it, if you at the table uh, acquiesce, this person or this group or these things are evil, it's kind of going, okay, they're Nazis. And, and people are like, okay, I, I can't, you know, I can't goodify that. They are Nazis. Okay, go. Um. <laughs> no, and that is something where I think like you can, you can in many ways look at the Star Wars movies and go, mm -hmm. well, there, cause okay, a little more context. And then actually before I do that, um, Goblinsway brings up the point that they're thinking about getting rid of alignment in future books. We talked about that a little earlier. I personally don't think they're going to get rid of it completely. I think they're going to continue to downweight it as a descriptive character point. Um, sentient races, like we said, I think gonna it's going to be sentient, sentient races won't have a, a, a label on them, but some creatures, Cthulhu is evil. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just that. And, and cultures will be labeled. I think yeah. the idea that Kobo culture is a generally evil one because they, they focus on themselves. They focus on, on sowing discord. They're all about raising dragons to eat people. <laughs> but um, I used to reenact back in the day, the American Revolution period. And I reenacted a British soldier. Mm. I was a redcoat. Mm. And, and part of preparing for that was reading journals and studying the time period. And for the most part, um, the British had a pretty reasonable view of their role in the war. Yeah. Um, a lot of the soldiers didn't have a strong opinion. They were that's their job right and it they might not have liked being in the colonies maybe they came over for the war maybe they were here previously and they were called up to fight and some of them were like yeah this kind of sucks i kind of like bob the the the, the book binder but you right. know bob is taking up arms against the government you know he's he's out there tra training with these militias that are trying to not pay their taxes they're kind of the bad guys in this picture and so I have a lot of empathy for people who say, but the government's not inherently evil here. Look at this. Nazis slash the, the empire in Star Wars, uh, you could be right with them until they blow up Alderaan. And then mm -hmm. it's like everything from there on out. Everyone that puts that imperial symbol on their stuff is the same thing as a dude who slaps up a swastika. It's like, I don't care if you think of it as a heritage point. I, I'm really sorry, man. You're hitching your wagon to something that is irredeemably evil. Correct. And that's, that's, I mean, that's your call, man. You're making that choice. We're not going down that road today, dude. We can talk on Discord. Um, yeah. 
I think there's there's a lot of history to debate about the British charging taxes to the colonies. Um, I think as you delve deeper into it, there's a lot going on there. Um, the Seven Years' War, a.k.a. the French and Indian War, depending on which continent you live on, was an incredibly costly one. Um, and so there's a lot going on. And it, there's just there's just a lot going on. So we can we can debate that at another time. From the benefit, too, of America and England, pretty much from 1850 on, has had a very charitable relationship. Um, Civil War was a little weird because you weren't sure which side they were going to come down on. They ultimately kind of hemmed and hawed long enough to not make a difference. But we've we've all we've really grown together, which makes it easier to be empathetic. Um, I think on the flip side, as much as I appreciate for like a World War II reenactment, it's more interesting when you can shoot at Nazis. <laughs> Ergo, somebody has to be the Nazis. It becomes a lot more challenging because then you get into the what is it? How, how far do you go into your Nazi? Your Nazi? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not impersonation, but not embodiment, but your uh, personification, your kit, mm. your your impression. Impression. That's the word we use in the hobby. Um, and that gets tough. I mean, you can even be a sympathetic. Like I have no problem. But again, you're still hitching your wagon for the most part by choice to the guys that blew up Alderaan. And that's not a good act. So yeah, we can totally talk about that later. Um, there's a lot of good stuff there about, I think honestly looking at the American revolution, it's hard to, I, I look at the American revolution as a very challenging war to label either side as evil. That said, there were evil acts on both sides of the war. Oh, horrible. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just absolutely horrible. The swamp fox alone is the oh yeah, god. Uh, yeah, so there were there were lots of, and then that gets back to the idea of cultures as them cultures are part of what define evil as a broad stroke. Individuals make their own choices, good versus evil, within those. Right, and I do think that's one of the really neat things that Dungeons and Dragons is doing with the alignments going forward. Is they're they're creating that room which is harder for some people to play. Yeah. They liked the kick down the door, kill the goblin, take his stuff, go to the next door. And some dungeon masters, I think are the problem. I think they're the ones that are going, Oh, but this, this kobold wants to negotiate with you. Mm -hmm. And you know, they're not all evil anymore. So if you just murder him outright, right, that's a dark thing to do. And that's, that's all on the DM. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones making these decisions about how the world is evolving. And then you could say, oh, well, it's in the book. No, it's not. Nothing. The books aren't even books anymore. They're just digital files I look at from time to time. If it happens in the world where I'm the DM, that's on me. Yeah. I well, went there. And that, and again, that's part of that whole, um, uh, you know, the whole, uh, come on, think, um, session zero where you you go okay this is how we're setting up the world if you if you set up the world that oh no gob goblins are unshaly they are evil fairies purposefully they're malicious to you know do bad things hurt people take stuff they 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 are they are an evil creation of magic <laughs> That's that's a different thing than well you know the goblins have been picked on for so long that 
that yeah the only ones that have survived are the evil ones <laughs> you know but those are things you can set up in your session zero that i think will help with that um you know i i enjoy like i said i love playing the monster races so so i like you know uh the, uh, you know, being able to be Fawoosh, the sorcerer kobold, and, and you know, and I, I'm a noble. I took the noble background for him. So, I'm 27th in line for the throne. <laughs> and <laughs> my brood was 57 strong, you know, 57 <laughs> eggs from the gatch and blah, blah, blah. You know, and so it, it, it really it gives you more options, and I'm all about the more options yeah and that's and that's a lot of the direction that i think they're taking with it over time yeah. um and and looking t again for the players to have those choices um to say i want to do this i want to do that and then having like i think the best thing i can think of to wrap up my side of this conversation is to have good talks with each other away from the game table yeah you know kind of if if you get the idea that your dm is as as the player you're thinking well the dm's really all of our enemies are really flat they're just they're they're the they're out to kill everybody and murder everybody and it's not very fun for me then mm -hmm. you say something now the bear in mind it being critical of a dm can often lead to a dm going fine you do it um because it's hard to come hard to come up with a complex villain that doesn't leave your players in a a analysis paralysis moral quandary right a lot of a lot of people turned our role-playing games to get away from that to just get into the the good or the good the bad or the bad the good is going to fight the bad and then generally speaking win right um so just talk about as a dm talk to your players and say hey how do you what do you, what do you think about maybe having some goblins surrender from time to time how would you how would you see that play out for you and you know, get a feel for what they're all up to and what they're doing and and where they're going. And oh my gosh. Um, we just got raided. Speaking of raids, welcome aboard. Is there a raid thing we need to do? You, you're you the one with the stuff there, Greybeard. While Greybeard is looking for his thing, uh, welcome raiders. Uh, I'm glad oh. that um, Enceladosaurus brought everybody over here. I so appreciate that. My name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir. Um, I stream Dungeons and & Dragons and other games from time to time. Um, and with me is the amazing... Greybeard of Greybeard's Tavern. I like to play with toys. Um. He does. <laughs> he, he, he is the Dungeons & Dragons equivalent of Carrot Top. <laughs> Um, and we so it's appreciate you guys uh, crashing the the back end of our um, happy hour. Um, we have just spent the last uh, hour and a half discussing alignment in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, ironically, I had brought up, and and um, and Celosaurus will appreciate this, that I'm not a big fan of monks who are not lawful, because I like to think that part of monk training is being uh, really. Uh, ordered in your thinking and in our wednesday night game we we have a monk who's chaotic neutral leading good mm. yeah that one kind of threw me for a loop so that that's where that's at so i appreciate y'all coming in here um i do apologize in that we are actually on the back i thank you for that yeah well, apparently we're famous tim schaefer and adam mm. savage nice all right yeah hey, here this will help help hammer it down if i look familiar to you it's because i work with the guy with the mustache <laughs> 
and and I've got dimples, there. so you know it's just the, that's that's a thing. So. I've mentioned on stream before. I actually got confused for Adam Savage once. Mm. Did I tell you nice. that? Uh -uh. Oh no. no no, this was a con mm -hmm. a while ago. I was actually cosplaying him, so oh. I, I actually had like big thick glasses. I had a T-shirt that said "Stand back, I'm about to do science." Right. Uh, a leather bomber jacket, and I had I had my. <laughs> and yeah. and um and you know how it is at a con you're yelling all the mm -hmm. time because there's so many people mm -hmm. uh, maybe i say you remember cons <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, i had a guy come up to me like late afternoon on a saturday and i had no voice because i've been shouting all day and he's like oh you're him and i went <laughs> Oh my God, I love your show. It's so amazing. I learned so much science watching you and the other guy. It's so great. I'm like, oh crap. And I start, and he's like, I can't talk. He's like, it's okay, man. I know you like to keep a low profile at these. I took, can I just get, can I just get a selfie with you? And so somewhere there's this dude who lives in Atlanta who tells all his buddies how he met Adam Savage. He has a picture to prove it. And I just, if he ever, ever sees this, this show or listens to this podcast, I am so sorry, man. I tried to tell you. Awesome. But um, we appreciate everyone coming over from the raid. We're actually, though, we're, we're wrapping up. Um, but they can check out the, you know, Oh, they can always go back and watch the VOD or catch the podcast. So. Absolutely. Speaking of which, um, there is a link to the podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts. Um, <laughs> I strongly encourage you to go over there because they has the best discoverability. So every review we get on um, Apple Podcasts um, helps boost it a little bit on the signal. There are a lot of Dungeons & Dragons uh, shows out there. Some are amazing. Some are a little less than amazing. Um I would also recommend you check out on role-playing games. It's part also part of the Inverse Genius Network, of which we are affiliated. Um, and it's another amazing show about role-playing games in general. We talk about D&D here. We've been talking about alignment, and we're actually getting into our roll-down phase of the stream. Um, we've kind of been coming up on our last comments uh, related to it. Um, where, how would you like to kind of dial things down on the alignment front? So, like we said, going forward, you know, the, the orcs alone are not uh, evil. The orcs may be like in uh, World of Warcraft. They're just a race. They live out on the plains. They do their thing. The orcs who signed on with the mind flare with the, you know, skull you know, emblem and is, you know, trying to take over the world. Uh, that those orcs evil it's the like we said anyone who who you know alderaan was blown up may the fourth uh and uh also with you all alderaan was, alderaan was blown up if you kept wearing the patch you're not a good guy which that's a whole other conversation because we've got some to talk <laughs> about what happens when finn takes his helmet off Right, because there was some real serious crap that went down in the 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 sequel trilogy. The minute Finn takes his helmet off, um, it, it's you know kind of a redemption arc, and yet he, and that's yeah, a whole another yeah, yeah. stream. It is we are at uh, six thirty. Um, okay. If I don't get in the car and get home soon, I'm going to miss dinner, so mm. I'm going to have to wrap this up. Um, I'll go first uh, this week mm. coming up. Um, you'll see me back here at Lantern Noir. Um, 
uh, tomorrow night, uh, my Candle Keep Mysteries game is continuing. The candles are currently in part in ch- chapter three of the Candle Keep Mysteries, the Book of the Raven. Uh, which we've had a lot of fun with. Um, they've met an interesting character whom they haven't completely figured out what his story is yet. And now that one of them is here, I have to be very careful about what I say. Um, I will say that the the Gerald, they haven't learned all there is to learn of dear old Gerald um, and what his intentions are. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff with Candlekeep in general. It's a little bit Sherlocky, a lot more. Here's an idea for a story about a book. Hopefully you have a good DM who can do something clever with it. So you all have a good time. Um, and I, I'm happy to talk on discord more about that, uh, when the time comes. Um, so that's another great, I'd love to talk more about that, but that's my Wednesday night game. I'm going to be playing some generic games on Saturday and Sunday this week or Friday and Saturday. Um, and then my Sunday game is off because it's mother's day. Everyone's off doing things and I'm not, I haven't put the energy yet into saying, I need to run something D&D wise on Sunday night. But mm. if you check back at back here on this channel, you might catch me Sunday night doing something. I have some ideas for what I might whip up or I'll just hop online with some friends and we'll, uh, we'll do some seven, uh, sea of thieves or second extinction or something fun. Then we're back here on Tuesdays at 5 PM Eastern daylight time for some, uh, for the, for happy hour. Um, and, before I wrap up my week coming up, uh, if you check our Discord, you're welcome to pop in and and join us um, with ideas for what we should talk about at Happy Hour. We're happy to bring your ideas to the table at any time. So, Graber, what have you got coming up this week we should be watching out for? So, on Thursday this week, I'll be over at Indoor Adventures uh, channel here on Twitch playing Masks, the superheroes, and, and I think... Cody Johnson, my uh, my my teen superhero, he may have finally found his superhero name. We're six episodes in, and uh, yeah, so it might be a big because he, he keeps breaking in and saying things like "I'm the Thunder Knot," and everyone go looks at him and goes, "No, no, that's horrible," you know. <laughs> and so he's trying to find his uh, his superhero name. And so that's a good time. And then Sundays, I'll be here, uh, you know, playing with toys and and uh, having a good time. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I We're currently playing Grifflands, and I do all the voices for all the characters, and it's fun. I hate the I hate the character I'm playing right now as as a person, not as a mechanic, because he's like, you know, one of these guys who's like. You know, let's do some. Oh, uh, maybe I should kill my brother. No, I'm good with that. You want to help me kill my brother? That kind of guy. And so, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> it's a good time. And then back here Tuesday, please pull up a stool, bring a drink. You know, mine's now empty, but, uh, you know, bring a drink and uh, hang out with us. And uh, we'll talk D&D with like 85 years of collective experience yeah collective experience more, more than we should be admitting to so openly yeah um and and so forth and i did not do this at the time because we were a little overwhelmed with the raid and everyone coming in but i do want to thank tama point and girl with box for coming mm. in and enjoying the family over here at lantern noir presents we're glad to have you following the channel um hopefully that follow is worth it and you continue to find amazing content here i do my i do my darndest mm. um 
to, to make it the... a good time. We are actually going to head out from here. We're going to, if you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate you being part of our stream um, and downloading. Please remember to leave a review um, so that we can find, so other people can find this amazing D&D content. And until the next time we get together, please, please, please stay safe. If you're here on Twitch, because that's where I'm going to cut it, um, we appreciate you coming by. We love the eyeballs. Uh, we love the conversations that happen in our chat while we talk, because it's two-thirds of the fun. Well, a third of the fun. We're the other two-thirds. Um, so we have a good time. I'm going to send you over to Time Lord's Wife, who is an amazing streamer I stumbled into. Uh, they do a lot of Dungeons & Dragons, either streams or D&D prep on their <laughs> streams. Um, they also do a lot of art. It's they're, they, they're an amazing content creator that I, I, I lucked into finding. Um, I think this is the first time we've sent viewers over their way because of the way the time has worked out. Um, and so I'm hoping you have a good time. If you, if you were hoping to find more D&D, hopefully as you slide on to the next stop in the, the roulette of streamers, this, this, this destination proves worthwhile. <sighs> Graybeard, do you want to wrap it up today on today's magical note? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, don't be space Nazis. Love Star Wars and wear your mask. Indeed. May the fourth be with you. And always with you.